You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. You know how it is with me. I get annoyed easily, don't I? Yeah. You've done a show with me a long time. You know how annoyed I get sometimes. Poor Herb. He always took it. Uh, See, back then I had someone to yell at. I could yell at Herb producing the show and blame everything on Herb, and it would be fine. But now I'm running the show, so... It's kind of, I can't, I can't yell at, I guess I can yell at myself. <laughs> it's the All right. So was. it is, it was good theater to yell at her, Herb. That was always <laughs> the go-to. Yeah. He's such a good guy too. He'd, he'd get, the worst thing though, you'd feel bad because he'd get really upset. Like it would, then we'd be like, Herb, we'll, we'll smoke you up after. Yeah. But uh, let's get to the next. We got a few different headlines we're going to get to. One is Boston police are apparently protecting January 6th cops that were either insurrectionists or supporters of the insurrection. I'm not surprised. Are you? I mean, have you seen this story? I've seen the story. I don't know those cops personally, but given uh, what I've seen from other cops and their Facebook posts and uh, things like that, um, I'm not surprised. I mean, this is another thing. Like, what do we do about cops who are, you know, January 6th insurrectionists, They're, you know, just like the, the Rage Against the Machine song, uh, those who burn crosses are the same, you know, the same yeah, who yeah, march some forces. Yeah, work forces are the same there who we go. crosses. Turns Thank out you. that was absolutely true. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and, I mean, it is what it is. That is, uh, you know, I guess I've gotten old and jaded in the past 10 years. I've known you and I'm just like, yeah, surprise, surprise. That'll happen. And, you know, we're hearing that Boston firefighters, too, that there's also an issue. We're, we're getting some photos sent in about uh, firefighters with Oath Keeper stickers on their vehicles. This is definitely going to become an issue. I think uh, if you're a mayor or city councilor anywhere, you should be asking questions about this. What are they doing to, you know, root out bad cops who are, you know, January 6th supporters, for instance, you know, that should definitely be done. I know that a lot of other cities and towns have dealt with it, but Boston always seems to cover it up. They always seem to not do anything. The police union seems to actually run the Boston police department. Uh, it's, it's very troubling. So uh, the one little glimmer of hope in this is the fact that Rachel Rollins has been uh, sworn in as a U.S. attorney uh, in Massachusetts, which is a federal position. And uh, if they were if there were cops involved in the January 6th insurrection, that is a federal offense. So it is uh, more likely that investigations can be opened uh, by Rachel, hopefully, um, on Boston police officers who were violating federal law by, uh, you know, storming the Capitol. Now, there's also a glimmer of hope, I think, in the new mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, who we both met and you actually interviewed her right before she was elected mayor. Um, Do you think that she's going to be hotter, you know, kind of crack down on the Boston police with a lot of the scandals that have happened over the last years? Or do you think that she's going to have to play ball with them to survive? I would, I believe that she wants to crack down and I believe that is her intent. I also know how the Boston police department runs the city. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's already been incredibly hard for her to even enforce things like mask and vaccine mandates, uh, among, 
you know, first responders and cops, you see that the cops were, Boston Police Department was letting protesters park in police spots at the uh, city hall to go kind of uh, disrupt, you know, her announcement of uh, vaccine and mass mandates. Um, and so there's going to be so much pushback. Uh, the only thing we can do is like stand behind her on this because, anyone who's having a non-consensual contact with people, which is what cops do, um, need to be, uh, you know, uh, their, their health or, you know, they need to be getting the vaccine, wearing masks and all this stuff. And they don't, and it's a political issue. Um, they're doing it because of a political issue. This is, you know, and so we're seeing this pushback and we're seeing, you know, uh, threats, uh, harassment of her staffers, um, racist statements from the right uh, people who don't even live in Boston, sort of this mass uh, attack on uh, Michelle Wu and her supporters um, for basically trying to do the right thing. So I think that it's going to be incredibly hard for Michelle Wu to hold the Boston Police Department accountable, uh, given the power they have. But I truly hope <laughs> and I believe that she intends to do that. That was excellent. I agree 100%. That was very uh, nuanced. I yeah. like that. And, you know, uh, I just hope that she is able to protect herself. Quite frankly, I don't trust these people. I know who they are and I know what they're like uh, from, you know, years of personal experience. I uh, fear for her safety, quite frankly. So uh, we've been talking about cannabis a lot tonight, and now we're start, starting to talk about some local issues. Um, I've been talking to uh, Saskia from uh, Mass Recreational Consumer Council, um, just you know about the cannabis issue, about rest restorative justice, what that means. Uh, we we got them, you know, just basically a little bit about their group, uh, kind of on our ticker right now. Uh, Mass Recreational Consumer Council at MA Consumers, established in 2017, black and brown women queer-led political organization in solidarity for racial, he he uh, racial healing and transformation. Uh, so I definitely think people should support them. We're going to uh, highlight some other groups, too, that she really supports and thinks do good work. I know that you also have had some experience with some of the groups that she suggested. Uh, so that's what I want to kick off the discussion on. But one of the things going on, let's put this group up. This is one of the groups that Saskia likes. Uh, they have a Twitter at Justice Healing, Families for Justice as Healing. It's at Justice Healing on Twitter. They are leading a campaign to end the incarceration of women and girls in Massachusetts. Is stopping the new $50 million women's prison. Hashtag no new women's prison. Now, Lauren, you've been in, in prison for drugs, uh, which I think is bullshit all the way around, knowing you and what you went through. Um, you, one of your friends right now is, is suffering a similar fate, it sounds like. Uh, where do you want to kick off on this and, and kind of jump into it? Do you want to talk about the women's prison? Do you want to talk about your friend? Do you want to talk about just uh, you know restorative justice? Oh, God, it's hard to know where to start. Um, one one thing I do really love this group, uh, Families for Justice's Healing, as well as the National Council for Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls. Um, I am not a particularly active member because I have a stupid day job. 
But uh, I also uh, have been out there at rallies in front of the Suffolk County House of Corrections and have been supporting all the campaigns to free uh, the women who are incarcerated and deserve either, uh, you know, uh, uh, early release or uh, a retrial, uh, as well as the fact that there are so many women who just don't belong there, such as myself when I was there um, and such as my friend who is there now. Um, and generally nobody should be locked up for drugs. Nobody should be locked up because they're a drug addict. That is not, that is not, that doesn't do anything for anyone. People should be home with their families. And, you know, another thing to bring up is that a lot of women that are doing time right now are locked up because they are ICE detainees. Um, and because they are not talking on their boyfriends, not talking. They are they're not up. snitching. They're, they're, they won't snitch on their boyfriend. Yep, they're locked up. They're locked up for not, ta not talking, even though they are supposedly supposed to have some kind of Fifth Amendment right. But you know, the, they twist your arm and lock you up and force you. And if you don't comply, uh, you are forced to choose between love and a heavy sentence. And this is all. Um, a lot of this is drug related. And uh, if we could really end the drug war, this would. <laughs> Uh, a lot of this would, problem would be resolved. Um, I believe that, uh, and in terms of the 50 million for a new women's prison, that is, that's a number that they're drawing up now, but we remember the big dig. We remember other development projects for things. Uh, it's not going to be 50 million. It's going to be a hundred, like when it comes down to it, when they start building and all this stuff. So it's so much taxpayer money going into something we don't need that should be going into rehabilitation programs, halfway houses, community education, and uh, support. Uh, because uh, generally, especially when it comes to women, I'm not saying not to free a bunch of men as well for drug crimes, because I believe that should be done as well. Uh, generally, the best thing for women is to be home with our friends and family and our community. And uh, what happens, especially in women's prison, is that we there's there's no jobs training. There's no, there's no like college program, you know, there's nothing that there's nothing rehabilitative or restorative about it. It's completely punitive and uh, traumatic. And uh, the way we talk about incarceration is so backwards still, even after things like criminal justice reform, that it's been extremely healing for me to uh, follow groups like Families for Justice's Healing and um the National Council for, for Incarcerated, Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls, because uh, they understand what's actually happening the way that only people who have been through it can. And it's, uh, the National Council is at the Council US on Twitter. You can follow them. They're the National Council for Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls, which, you know, we're talking about the $50 million state, you know, new state prison for women that they want to build in Massachusetts and uh you know just following their Twitter you know just checking it out and, and checking out uh Andrea uh, what's Andrea's name she's one of the uh, the founder of the, Andrea James uh, yeah Andrea James um yeah she's the founder of the Council US and you know it's very interesting that they note that the largest rising demographic in prison right now is women and and to me that's like that should pro that should be a major problem for everybody like the fact that we're jailing record amounts of women that that that's even like andrea says in her you know i was want to play a video from her but i'm, I'm afraid to play video tonight because the video was crashing so we're going to stay away from that but you know in a lot of their discussions and talk there they said yes the drug war obviously but it's even way beyond the drug war 
Like this is this should be such a symptom. It should be like you know, the doomsday clock, when we need to build a fifty million dollar prison, not for men, for women in the state of Massachusetts. It's supposedly a highly educated state. There's a lot of problems. There, there's something wrong with society when we're jailing records amount of women. Like women shouldn't generally be jailed. Like right. I understand there's some cases where, you know, she killed her husband or there's some evil women out there, but in general, it shouldn't even get to that. And in in general, we need to figure out how do we stop women? How do we stop putting women in jail? Like, how do we stop like even jail in itself? It shouldn't be like the first option, how to fix things, just throw someone in jail and especially uh. women. And girls like that, just like, what are we doing? So, I mean, there's a very simple solution, which is to stop throwing women in jail. Um, uh, I think, you know, I've always felt this way. As soon as I got out of Framingham, uh, I knew that I, if I went back and I opened the door and let everybody else I was there without society would be at no less risk. In fact, it would be healthier because all anybody talked about was their families and their kids. That's all everybody right. wanted. And, you know, some people had drug problems and, you know, they deserve treatment and help and other options and other things to do with like light. Like the same way that I recovered was through having other things to do with my life, having a supportive community like you and, you know, EMF and everything that I was involved in. I'm so privileged to have had that. And I think that uh, we should have uh, programs and opportunities for people uh, uh, with drug problems uh, in order to actually do real restorative justice. Um, I do understand that Framingham is falling apart. I was there um, and it is. Uh, I, in fact, contracted Giardia there when I was there and I still struggle with the repercussions of that today. Um, uh, it's a parasite from the water. Um, so, you know, there is so many health problems that you see that happen to people who don't deserve it, uh, especially given that, you know, generally Here's the thing. Also, when we hear about who's in jail, a lot of times on the news or who's going to jail, like these cases, we hear about like, you know, murderers and rapists. The worst ones. You molesters. hear about the worst ones. Yeah. But you don't hear about the person who, you know, got caught driving drunk to a couple too many times. And now they have to do this thing in prison instead of getting maybe help for alcoholism or whatever's going on in their life that's causing them to do this. Uh, you know, you don't hear about the person who was caught just simply possessing too much where they overdosed on it, as was true in my case, who is now- Which was you. Yeah, that me. was you. That was me. Uh, and are now forced to do time uh, based on these mandatory minimum laws, um, where in fact, sometimes when they're sentenced, as in the case of my friend, have been clean for two years and started going back to college and getting their life together. And now they have to go to jail and serve a sentence, which- really just costs the entire state money and helps no one. In fact, there's a COVID outbreak running rampant in all prisons and jails in all of Massachusetts. So anyone new coming in is forced into solitary. I only received the phone call from my friend tonight because they are finally out of solitary, which they have been in for a week and a half uh, upon arrival uh, without any misbehavior or anything on their on their own it's just because they don't have the staff or the resources to deal with the covid pandemic and also i don't think the mask or vaccine mandate is being enforced right now and you know you just shouldn't be locking people up in a pandemic in the first place um it's 
just it's just the whole thing's completely ass backwards and so i, I have so much to say I'm, I'm running rampant but uh absolutely uh the national council for incarcerated women and girls or formerly incarcerated women and girls as well as um uh, the Families for Justice is Healing, as well as like, you know, the Mass Bail Fund and the Court Watch, ACLU, a bunch court of other- Court Watch is awesome. Yeah, I love Court or, Watch. Or, you know, when I ask them for something or information on something, they get it. I really appreciate them. Um, it's just that it's so entrenched in our society that, you know, well, you got to send people there to do their time, pay their debt to society. No, society pays a debt to keep them there. And that money would be better spent to- help them get on their feet yeah why do we we'll have, make you know, sure we... that the next person doesn't have a problem you know another thing that happens a lot too with the judi judicial system I, i've noticed over the years is people have mental health breakdowns they yeah. they you know go off their meds or have a psychotic episode and sometimes horrible really horrible stuff happens but instead of realizing this is a mental health issue that the judicial system treats it like you premeditated hurt that person you 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 know and they throw these people in jail for things that they did when they were having a psychiatric you know a, a, a schizophrenic break i mean this is no, not this only is what that. you don't hear about on the news like you said right. you don't hear about those cases on the news you I, just hear about the most heinous you know child molester murderer right. that's what you hear and you those, think everyone who yeah go ahead that's like the, that's like a, such a small percentage of people who are incarcerated right now. There's people who are incarcerated for and are victims of poverty, I would say, or victims of a bad environment that they were brought up in or uh, raised, you know, in, in when they, you know, uh, and so I'd say victims of poverty, desperation, drug abuse dr or drug use, uh, all these things. Um, the other thing is that uh, we actually lock people up uh, for mental health breakdowns in Massachusetts, as well as drugs. Uh, issues in Massachusetts, we have a thing called section 35, which is uh, basically somebody in your family can plead to the state and family court that you are a drug user and need to be given forced treatment. However, there are not enough treatment beds available in actual rehabs. I've been to one of those rehabs and just like jail light. They're not that it's not really great rehab, right? Um, it's actually completely unconstitutional because there's no way to defend yourself. It's not a it's not a regular court system. And in fact, people locked up in the Suffolk House of Corrections over the past year have died, who were not there for committing any crime. They were there because their family had no were desperate and had no other option but to to file a section 35 on them. This is only available in two states. That's crazy. Like, you know, I, I understand some people are gonna come back and say, Well, what do you do if you have a drug addicted son? Or daughter and you can't control them and they're gonna die so you, you throw them in jail to clean them out well how about the state of massachusetts invest in treatment right. so you don't have to throw someone in jail you can send them to treatment i mean this is this is what we're talking about reduce the harm jail yeah. is not a way to reduce harm it increases yeah. harm um we're, we're talking about restorative justice I, I, I was you know talking to sonia uh you know i mean uh oh saskia excuse me and you know just looking at what restorative justice it's it's don't cause additional harm right like it's very simple like try to correct things try to fix things before they become a problem like this is not rocket science you know and i asked her directly i said you know you have these two groups uh the national council and you have you know you have both of these groups that we were just talking about the other one is uh oh i'm forgetting the name families for justice is healing thank you Family for Justice Healing. And I said, you know, you have social equity, you have big cannabis, you have all these cannabis dispensaries. 
who are supposed to do good for their community, who are supposed to be investing, who are supposed to take some of these proceeds back and help. And it, it's like they give millions to the cops, but none of the money goes to those two groups. No money's going to the National Council. No, no, none of it. It's 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 infuriating. It's just like, you know, the, you if we can't support women, incarcerated women, like what are we doing? Yeah. And I believe there is one good like sort of halfway house type of program that helps. Uh, I forget which what it's called, but it's done great things because they, you know, help them get jobs or funding for school and different things. And it's like, a, you know, a good community where people, women support each other. And uh, it's a great model for something that the state can do for far less than $50 million is buy up a few more properties and have a few more places for women to go that are, you know, supportive halfway houses type of environments for, uh, you know, substance uh, use issues or other issues um, where, you know, it, when you go to prison, you don't see a psychiatrist for a month. So you're having a mental psychotic breakdown. You're more likely to get sentenced or get sent into the hole um, for having that than you are to get medication in time. In fact, they restrict a lot of medication they can give you for this stuff anyway. And so it's a, it's an, it's a huge rigmarole for even a completely, let's say you're an innocent person with no drug problems that just somehow got, you know, steamrolled into prison and you're like, you know, an upstanding member of society, it's still going to be hard for you to get anything, let alone somebody who has mental issues. Um, and we need to have more uh, systems and support in place in Massachusetts to help people that are actually going through these real problems that, you know, when taken care of, they can be, you know, happy, even if not productive, safe members of society where people love them. It doesn't matter whether you are productive or this or that. It, that shouldn't matter. What matters is that, you know, okay, you're not a risk to the population you're just you and you're okay. That's all we need. You're a person too. I mean, that's just, that yeah. should be human rights. Like exactly. I, I, to me, you're like the poster child for it, Lauren. It's <laughs> yeah. like when you went to jail, I was like, just like so angry. I was angry. Yeah. Like, why are they doing this to her? Like it just didn't make, there's nobody who was harmed by you. You were having issues. You're a great person. I'm glad that you're all clean and sober now. Yeah. It's awesome. It was awesome to see you get out and really like do it right like you've really turned things around for yourself you've always had a lot of promise you've always been like a a spark of joy for the world you're like a net positive like you know we, we said even if you're not it's right. st you're still a person but you have all of this like you really are like i, I just it's so it's it makes me angry it really does yeah. what they did to you and that they i know that they do this all the time to people and it could be any of us. It could be me next week. I mean, I could do something crazy, stupid for a second. Who knows? I, I don't think I will. I'm not trying to go to jail. To. You don't have I, to. You could just be mad. Yeah, you don't even have to. Something could just happen to you. I mean, it happens every day of the week. Innocent people are in jail. We know that, too. Yep. Lots of innocent people are in jail. But, again, you, you brought up that real you, – you don't get to see a psychiatrist for, like, a week or two in. They throw you right in the hole. If you have mental health issues – that's real harm. I saw that's not woman, helping someone. Was, that's making it worse. When I was in Framingham, I saw a woman having a seizure. Um, and the uh, CO uh, didn't realize that's what it was. So he went to restrain her. And, you know, when you have a seizure, you're flailing. And, uh, you know, her fist happened to hit his face or something. And, uh, you know, that was uh, perceived as an assault. 
And uh, she was uh, taken to the hole for 30 days. And we were all pretty shocked and angry, but there's nothing we can do because you, it's extreme. You, there's no way for us to go defend someone else in there. The best we could do was when people were kind of arguing to like crack jokes at each other to defuse the situation. But yeah, I saw, you know, it's like she's having a seizure. This is a medical issue. No, they're going to send her to the hole for punishment instead because she's having this like, you know, mental or physical issue and her fist happened to hit a big old guy's face like oh my god like she didn't hurt you shut up right and this is like kind of common and like kind of not talked about i think in you know like this i saw this i saw i witnessed this right and i witnessed things like this all the time um and i wasn't i was not even there that long but i was awaiting trial so it was a whole mix of people um and actually this is another thing to bring up is that uh, most of the women that are incarcerated right now are have not been sentenced. They are awaiting trial. Either they are uh, they were denied bail or they don't have the money for bail or the kind of case it is. They aren't allowed bail or it's a bail violation. So it's automatic. So now they are being exposed at risk for COVID and forced to deal with this stuff without actually being found guilty of a crime. Um, I can only think of it as a way that they go about trying to twist people's arms to take a plea. Uh, but at the same time, it's extremely dangerous and uh, traumatic for everyone involved. I am only uh, so lucky to have come out the other side um, happy and productive and fairly undamaged, uh, at least on the outside, uh, as I am uh, because of my friends and family. Um, and not everyone has that. So, the you know, we as a community need to be that for everybody. Awesome. You know, it's it's. This is something I want to make. I want this to become an issue, like a campaign issue for governor. We're going to have a governor's yes, race. Please, because you know, you know what? So there's a bill to uh, uh, make a moratorium on uh, the new women's prison. I actually have the name of it right here. It's uh, the Jail and Prison Construction Moratorium Bill, S-2030 and H-1905. That's the S-2030 is the Senate bill. H-1905 is the bill in the House. Um, to put a moratorium on new construction of a women's prison. This is a huge waste of money. We can find other ways to decarcerate women. This isn't hard and it's be cheaper. But um, the problem that I'm very concerned about is that I know that Charlie Baker would veto this. I know oh, definitely. Oh, no doubt. He's already said as much. He's already, he's hmm. already, you know, rubber stamped the plans for it. And that's why this bill is still being fought for. Um, so we need to have a governor that will actually stand, stand firm on decarceration and criminal, criminal justice reform, but like, you know, in, in an even better way than previously. Um, so Charlie Baker or a governor who stands on the same, who has the same stance as him on, uh, you know, prison building. Oh, well, Framingham's falling apart and women get Giardia. We need to build a new one and give all these right. developers. You know, that's a good question. Cause you know, in the Democratic side, we're we're all waiting for Attorney General Haley to announce that she's going to run, and she's basically a cop. and And I yeah, guarantee no. you, she she will support that prison being built. Yes, she won't support the bill veto it. But I wonder about Sonia Chang Diaz. Uh, so I think we have far, a shot with her. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and this is one of the things that oftentimes people forget. Oh, it's the Republicans that are doing this. No, it's really not. Democrats actually. and Republicans. Yeah, it, mostly Democrats. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly Democrats. Um, and it's it's actually women Democrats. You look at uh, remember Martha Coakley, um, remember Marion Ryan, even Marion Ryan, remember Carmen Ortiz. Like I can uh, the the worst DAs and the worst uh elected officials women. were women Democrats. Uh, because they look at somebody and say that that person could have sold my kid drugs. 
or went through something. Like they want to be harsh. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, to they want to be tough. They, they don't want to be, look, oh, I'm a weak woman. I want to be as tough as the yeah, guys are. Rachel has been a uh, a sort of counterexample, which I appreciate. But uh, generally, even if you talk to Republicans, um, they aren't really that into locking women up. Interesting. I, I they, wonder if know, Jeff Deal. I wonder what I, Jeff Deal's going to do on this. Why waste, you, know, you guys say, why waste taxpayer money on it? <laughs> like, right. I mean, I, I just look at it like, we Framingham is it's a, the uh, is a women's jail, right? Framingham is that what you it's said? It's a women's state prison run by the DOC. The, the women's state prison is Framingham. It's falling apart. They want to replace it. I have a better idea. Let's just close Framingham and replace it with nothing. Let's replace yeah. it with like what you said, halfway houses and drug treatment, mental health. All the services that people don't have, you know, get people jobs and training and yep. give them money. I mean, I, I'm sure there's going to be a small amount of people who are still, you know, violent women who we can't let out. Maybe like, you know, one out of a hundred. There's but probably come on. those ones. I mean, from what I know, uh, are probably uh, extremely mentally ill type of people right. who are better off in some sort of state prison type of hospital um, or state hospital if if necessary or you know given some sort of treatment but i i don't i i feel that the majority of women i've met in framingham could easily be let out even the ones awaiting trial just let them out on bail come on guys this is i know it's ridiculous it really is and there's I, and, and then half of them are just you know uh, undocumented people and this doesn't even like register politically like like you never hear discussion like you know why are we built why are we gonna build a women's prison like shouldn't we be closing it's just insane it just doesn't make any sense to me like that should be like that we're having to build a new women's prison that should be like some kind of like litmus test on gee yeah. there's something wrong here this this isn't right yeah there's also uh the issue of the um uh, in you know the the uh, prison guards, COs, whatever it's a union, much like the police union, and they are guaranteed jobs and pensions, so they need to have a job to do. And you know, we used, to, we used to joke when they were acting like jerks uh, that you know I would always make the joke with other women I was in with that you know okay, so don't get mad at them; they're crazier than us. They chose to be here, <laughs> like the, like they're locked here with us, and they chose it. Oh, you know, like and 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 I'm not saying they're all awful people, but um, I am saying that there is an incentive that they want to continue to have job security, and that is probably part of what is uh, pushing this new prison construction forward as well as uh developers that want to make money all right and i think the politicians they uh kowtow to those people with jobs and prisons you know because those people make political contributions yeah so i, I think attorney general healy is probably going to be taking some checks from uh the prison unions yes i'm just I guessing yeah, no, I, I have no doubt of that. Um, I think we need to have somebody very progressive and very uh, interested in this sort of reform. I think Sonia, from what I know of Sonia Ch Chang Diaz, that seems like the best bet right now. Um, you know, uh, who knows who else is going to jump in the race, but um, that I've been mostly happy with what she's had to say, though she hasn't spoke on it too much. Um, it's a it's a lot of questions to bring up going forward. And I, I do hope to have the time to work with uh, the National Council as well as Families for Justice's Healing more in the future, especially given that I have a friend suffering right now. Um, actually, I want to show you, uh, I made this uh, bracelet with my friend who's currently incarcerated the night before she went in for her sentence. She's an artist. I'm not going to say nice. 
privacy here. It's actually, uh, it's actually a watch. Lock. Why can't I show you on my camera? I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't know how to align it. <laughs> turn. It's a spot. See, so we turn your whole body around. Now. I know. That, that looks I nice. Know. I don't know. So that, we, that works. I can see the it. Flowers. The flowers on the watch. Oh, it looks pretty. Nice. And yes. uh, I will wear this until she gets out. She's an amazing, beautiful artist in person who has like recovered so much. And I'm so happy to have my friend back. And I feel so angry they're taking her away. But this is our meditation on time. And, you know, for each, oh, we also made one with Rod, for Rod. It's actually, if you can see, it's a, it's a can of soup. It's actually like a pocket watch. It's a, it's soup. Soup for oh, my Campbell family. Soup. Yeah, soup for my family. Nice. <laughs> and, uh. And so, you know, we did that the night before and it's like, we're like literally like making arts and crafts, like Girl Scouts, having dinner with her family, talking to them about what to expect. And like, this is, it's just such a waste of money. And, and she's just an example of an extremely like sort of privileged case. Whereas other people, I would love to make arts and crafts with them too. And I want, you know, like right. this is normal, like healthy stuff. And this is what people need. This is what people need for healing and support and not uh, being locked away behind bricks. So, you know, um, I it's it's just terrible. And so I feel as a formerly incarcerated woman and as somebody who knows others that this is just it's it's really, really due time for us to rethink the entire thing. The criminal justice reform bill was really good. That was passed in like 2018. It left a lot of people out in terms of the mandatory minimums It left me out and it left her out. So there, you know, needs to be some more work to be done. There's so much more work to be done. And I want to we'll give a shout out to Jamie Eldridge because he's actually doing the work and I see him fighting a lot for stuff like this and calling yeah. a lot of other prisons uh, to he go. Yeah, task. he goes yeah. to the prison. He, he, he shows up, Tommy Hodge, and, up. you know, and, and, and calls out the prisons and the, the conditions. Uh, I, I definitely want to keep uh, your friend who's incarcerated. I hate to say uh, thoughts and prayers, like the, the yeah. Bible thumping conservatives, but that's kind of how I feel. I like, we're going to keep her in our thoughts. And, and you know, I use this, I use this as like a, like Star Trek communicator watch. Like every morning I'm like, Sarah, come in, come in, come in. Can you read me? And I send her like secret messages. Like, and I try, and then when she calls me later, I'm like, did you get my message? What word was it? We're like playing psychic games and stuff. Like, does it work? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just got the call. I forgot to ask her if she got it. Yet. You got to try that because yeah, I've been watching the videos about the remote viewers and the government. Did you ever really you know, into that kind of spooky? Yeah, have you ever? Are you, are you into that remote viewing? Yeah, you both know about of us that. Are, both of us yeah. are. So, you know, like uh, it's funny that the government did experiments and, and they realized it worked. Yeah. So and I they were like, we don't know why it works, but it works remote viewing. And then uh, some some senior guys were like, "No, nah, we don't. We think this is junk." And they just like they they were like religious by it, like they were like you know Bible thumpers, yeah. and they were like, "We think this is the devil, so we're gonna shut this program down." The government concerned about being the devil. I don't know. It's kind of strange. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and Alex Jones wasn't even around yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, we're. We, you know, we're doing experiments and trying to just have fun with it. And I'm just praying that like uh, there's some sort of uh, COVID leniency that comes along soon, because I feel like that is because of the understaffing and the amount of uh, just chaos going on. If you look at what's happening in Framingham or in Suffolk House Corrections, it is a nightmare right now of COVID. And hopefully they just start. All right. Spitting people out because the best place people can be is at home with their families. Definitely. And uh, I think we got it all in. I mean, you even got the 
we, you, you made sure that we mentioned Alex Jones, which <laughs> right. I, I always mentioned like five times a show and I hadn't gotten him in yet. Yeah. The movie. Bill Hicks is Alex Jones. Yeah, the FBI. For anyone that us. doesn't know. What does the FBI, FBI knows of? They the know FBI about it. What is, they, do they think he's Bill Hicks is Alex Jones? They literally Jones? said that to Rod when they like knocked on the door and started. I, I wonder if he's not working with the FBI. Oh no! Now Rod's gonna jump in. Like Rod's listening. You have summoned me. Uh, <laughs> this is the thing. When I was raided by the FBI along with my film crew at the time, um, they said that uh, Alex Jones was the reason that they came there. Um, and then you can watch on the Joe Rogan Experience. No way! Directly after that, Alex Jones admits to working with the Secret Service. Not only that. Um, there's a ton of video of oh, him yeah. uh, suggesting the same things which the FBI agents say oh, yeah. when they came to the house, which was raided. Anyhow, it's your show. I, 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 have, I have no doubt on that, too. That's that's very uh, also, interesting. Uh, also, Samson did say to me last time we intercepted his protest that he is he will no longer work with law enforcement anymore. <laughs> anymore. Not anymore. Anymore. <laughs> you know, it's I, I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't trust Alex Jones either. It's so funny if you go back to uh, New Hampshire, the Harry Brown. Do you remember the Harry Brown, the the Brown family? They were the tax protesters. No, no, they did a standoff with the feds about their their home that was being seized in New Hampshire. Oh, I think, he, I think, yeah, a husband and wife. I think was they it were, like a like a Ruby Ridge thing? Yeah, but oh, it didn't get. Man. It could have got violent, but it didn't in the end because Alex Jones's crew showed up. And the Browns turned around after they were jailed and said that Alex Jones's crew were the ones that like tipped off the FBI where the guns were and went to, you know, basically, basically implicating Alex Jones's crew and setting them up to get arrested peacefully hmm. by the FBI. So, I mean, th this stuff has gone around Alex Jones for years and uh, I would not be surprised at all. Okay. Disinformation agent. Disinformation agents. You yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't mean. Yeah, to you know about Hal, Hal? Do you know about Hal Turner? Yeah, I was part of that. So you were a part of that. Yeah, For people who don't know, uh, Hal Turner was a uh, very much like Alex Jones. He's a right wing, crazy conspiracy theorist podcaster, and he got in a fight with some anonymous people. Yeah, and the anonymous pe people hacked him, and they read his emails, and they discovered that he was an FBI uh, informant working for the feds. Yeah, and at the same time, uh, this guy Hal Turner went crazy on the feds and the and the uh, on some judges and threatened to kill judges and all this. And the FBI actually threw this that they threw their informant in jail. And the informant, you know, basically Hal Turner tried to use that as his defense, but it didn't work. And he said, "I I I don't know if he's been released or he's still. Do you know is he still? In I don't know jail? what happened, Hal Turner. I know that there were packages full of uh, you know, sex toys sent to his home. Uh, at least at the point that I was paying attention to it. Uh, and I know that his audience was not too pleased that he was an FBI informant. Um, I don't know the extent that Alex Jones is one. Uh, I feel like he is a bad enough person anyway that like it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, that. it's like, why do you, why do you Bulger was bad enough? It didn't matter if he was working with the FBI or yeah. not. It's kind of the uh, you same know, the way. Thing, I actually, you know, I don't, this is a weird thing to say, but um, I listened to QAnon Shaman calling into the Andy Callahan show. Remember that QAnon Shaman guy? I know who he is, yeah. Uh, this Jay, is a mentally Jay. ill person. He's what? This is, a, this is a mentally ill person. Yeah, Jake. That good Jake. Jake Angela Jenelli or whatever. 
is Kelly. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's being like, you know, incarcerated like for a very long time while being completely batshit insane. And uh, you know, I'm not sure he, you know, he was the loudest and the most boisterous and the biggest horns or you know body you know he's like you know he was the token right and uh but then when you listen to this call uh you realize this person is absolutely nuts and this is a situation where like in a way you know who you have to blame the person who directed them to do this thing to who, who coached their you know and 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 incited that more so than this completely batshit person exactly and so even people like that, you know, and, and I'm not everyone's going to agree with me on this because I'm not. A no, I, I'm with you on this, though. I mean, I don't think the Q shaman is like blameless. Like, I think that he right. did some things that were when you look at the record and what he actually did, it wasn't good. You know, he yeah. made some threats and things. But I agree with you. And yeah. I think that a lot of people it's so funny because they call, you know, you see him on Facebook all the time. They call us sheeple. They're like, oh, you got the shot. You're a sheeple or. You're brainwashed. You're afraid of everything. And it's like, no, you're afraid of everything. You're right. so afraid you listen to Alex Jones. You're yeah. so afraid that you that you follow Donald Trump's every word. Like you're so afraid you think that, you know, you know, it's so weird because so often they're being set up. The people like Alex Jones, they're looking for the craziest person in their audience. And I'm not saying that Alex Jones definitely does this. But there are people out there that do this in that field, yes. the conspiracy theory field, Boston. the right wing field. They they will find the craziest person and then they send the FBI their info. They said this guy just said he was going to do this to whoever. Here's the email, and that's what Hal Turner was doing. He got caught doing it, and so I would caution a lot of these uh, right wingers and conspiracy theorists out there. The person that you're following on YouTube or Twitter could be trying to set you up on that's FBI true. charges. And, and that's and I, what you should realize. They they are getting paid to find the craziest person in their audience and send their info along to the FBI. That happens a damn lot, and people need to wake up on it. Yeah, and I, I think that's also uh, probably happening on the left, um, not, you know, in, in my personal experience, but just in general, you know, if, if they're driving to the crime and they're a fed, if they're driving to the crime and they're a fed, if you don't know much about them and you can't get there without them, if they're driving to the crime and they're a fed, yeah. so you know, don't don't take the bait, don't throw the Molotov, be, and be be um suspicious. Yeah, like for me, I came from the cannabis space, so you know, there there was a woman that came to a mass can meeting way back in the day, and she was the cutest teach school teacher. You know, she wanted me to get her some cannabis, and none of us would, you know, because we didn't know her. Like that, right. this is just, and this happened all the time. This happened every month. And this is the way that, because we knew that cops would send people in every once right. in a while. And it's, and not, test it's you. nothing personal. And, and she should understand that if she's not. No, yeah, exactly. Like, it said, you know, you could be a cop. I have no idea. So I'm not yeah, taking the chance. That's the kind of thing uh, that I would understand. <laughs> and people need to think about that with who you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, including us. But we're not asking you to do anything crazy. We're not asking you to believe in anything crazy. We're not asking you to do things that will harm your life with, like, you well, know, I am, be an I am, insurrectionist. I am asking you to call your state reps and state senators to support uh, SRS uh, uh, 2030 and HR. Hang on. Uh, call your local state rep and state senator to support the uh, prison, women, new women's prison moratorium bill, which is S2030 and H1905. 
So that's Senate 2030 and H uh, House 1905 uh, to uh, support uh, the moratorium on new jail and prison construction. That is the craziest thing I'm going to ask you to do tonight. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> like I'm doing that. I am definitely doing that. And, you know, we got some good comments coming in. Great topic and show is one. Um, someone else said, comment on marijuana addiction and cannabis hypermesis syndrome. Eh, I don't really want to comment on that, that now. We've, that we've gone beyond the cannabis at this point, especially something like that. But then Patrick writes, the same person writes, I was part of the Hal Turner thing too. And he's got more comments. I want to read this one. He says, I think he was actually insane in addition to being, as his lawyer said, in association with the FBI. He's talking about Hal Turner. I think you're probably right, Patrick. I think Hal Turner probably was a little insane. Uh, yeah. I think so, associating with the FBI will drive one insane. Possibly. I think that's possibly. part of their, part of their uh, modus operandi. Mike, another, uh, another comment was, can judges not sentence people to rehab in the U.S.? Only in two states. Uh, I forget the other state, but Massachusetts has Section 35, uh, which is like a family court thing. Um, and there is no defense. Uh, somebody in your immediate family or, you know, your partner or you live with uh, can uh, file a Section 35 complaint on you. And you are forced to go to a state-run rehab, either MOTC, Men's Addiction Treatment Center, or WOTC, Women's Addiction Treatment Center. However, if they do not have beds available at those, you are still sentenced to do your rehab, and that will be in a prison or a jail. We'll and now some people thing. are talking about doing this to the homeless folks over at uh, Methadone, what they call Methadone Mile. Yeah. They want to take the homeless and put them in jail, too, which is just yeah, they, awful. They stopped that weird fake court they had going on there. Uh, however, I believe they have all been swept as of last night due to cold and stuff. And I think the, they have – I think they're all in the, the hotel now temporarily, which is – not, you know, at least like a, you know, rehab type of thing. Uh, I think this is not a permanent solution, but it is, uh, and it's jarring and all that, but it's also like nine degrees out. So I'd rather them be in a place with heating. And I would like for them to actually turn that hotel into some sort of supportive housing, but you know, I want the moon. Definitely. And we just got a really good comment. I'm going to read uh, one of the last comments of the show. I guess I'll read off in a second. But before that, I wanted to check in on you because you you were, you know, as we we did an episode with you and you're looking at possibly some federal charges. Has anything progressed on that lately? I think right now I'm getting a COVID delay because I have not heard anything. Uh, I don't know if the if there's any grand new grand juries that have been, uh, you know, I think that the I don't know if I don't know. I don't know. We are looking to do more press about it. Uh, we have spoken with a few actually pretty big outlets. And the problem is the case is so sp uh, sprawling because of the fact that Creed followed Rod to Standing Rock. Like there's like, you know, this is not just about there's a lot of details, a lot of details and a lot of them a lot are of turns like, and twists. Yeah. And a lot of it is, you know, it's pretty I haven't no one's been indicted. There's no discovery. Um, so it is tough to get some press about it. Uh, I am hoping that, you know, they, oh, sincerely just decide it's a waste of time because it is, you know, maybe somebody has their head straight and just wants to throw it off their desk and like, just like, oh, forget it. This is bullshit. But, you know, I understand how the feds work. Um, I will definitely keep everybody updated to the best of my ability. But for now, I'm just enjoying every day I can. Awesome. And again, and this is another example of how the criminal incarceration system 
screws up people's lives. Like you, yeah. you're getting caught up in another case, possibly with the feds, because they don't like your politics and they're using your previous arrest for drugs. Yeah. I didn't even do you, anything illegal. Is, like what the yeah, hell? Yeah, this is just this is how they get you in the system and they keep you in and they keep bringing you back. Um, yeah. And this well, is why yeah. a lot of people don't want to get into politics or activism or advocacy because they know oftentimes they're going to be a, a, a target. Um, I can't not. I can't not. It's something I was born care. I just, I'm sorry. I was born caring about people. So like, you know, at a certain point I'm, I've gotten very uh, uh, belligerent or just like, no, I, I, I'm going to keep, you know, I, they signed, they tried to silence me for so long. I stopped knocking on doors for Michelle Wu because I didn't want her to get, you know, like I it drum, felt like everyone yeah. that Push knew back. getting knocked on, and and you know, like I just, I just, I, I was like quiet for so long, and it was like that's what they wanted, right? So I right. just, I, I don't want to do that anymore. And if they want to make an example out of me, I mean, I'm gonna make an example out of them on my way down. I was ready for the visit. I was like, the FBI are gonna visit me. I, I knew they were, we and they never did. Why did why? Like I got calls from people who got visits from the FBI about you. He said they're coming to you. They told me they said they're coming to your house next, and then they never did. And I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? Why did they not come because they're afraid, or are they yeah. waiting for something? Like, am I like I don't know. I think it's, that it is a little scary. I think that um, uh, the misbehavior and malfeasance of uh, these agents uh, dies in the light. You shine a light on the point you know on the disease and it it evaporates right it's it's so i think that you know like cockroaches probably, you turn on the lights yeah, and they you, run and i think that they know who you are at least i'm sure they do and uh you know realize that you're gonna be recording everything very openly and asking the right questions and that would be uh oh i would love it i'm gonna ask about i'm gonna ask about whitey bulger i'm gonna ask yeah. about mark rossetti yeah. and i'm gonna ask him about uh Jesus, so many. I'm going to ask about the New York uh, serial killer that they had on payroll for decades. I'm going to ask. Yeah. I just keep going. I'm going to ask him about the kid in Topsfield that uh, created the Boston bomb that they let go. The Boston <laughs> right, Marathon bomber, right, the right. guy who actually created the bomb that we think, and the yeah. FBI let him go. I'm going to ask him all about that. It's Can't so wait. funny. It's so funny because half the people that know about this and we've talked to feel the way you do. And then others are like, oh, shit, are you embarrassing the Boston FBI right now? You are so screwed. Like, they're going to yeah. drone bomb you from the sky. Yeah. And I'm like, you know and, what? Yeah. And I get that. I get that feeling. I get that, people, too. But I, FBI I, is a powerful organization. They're the, uh, so many attorneys and lawyers will say the two, you know, two people you don't want coming to your door is the FBI and, like, the IRS. Like, those yeah. are, like, the worst two. So well, I, I get pay it. my taxes. And you know what? I know from other people who have been investigated recently that they are completely. I we got away lucky because they didn't point guns at our head. That's all I gotta say. They didn't point guns at our head or at our kids' heads. This time. This time, and this time. I know they pointed guns at the children of people. I know for. There's an echo. I'm hearing Rod in the background. It's so funny. Patrick McCannon writes. Ask them about Tamalin. Uh, uh, Zarnav, please. You know, would, of course, I would. I would ask them about that. Can, definitely. You can ask. Uh, you can ask Agent Steve Kimball, who was actually knocking on our doors, who was actually testifying at his trial over uh, comments and tweets made by uh, this person. Um, uh, that we're actually referencing Key and Peel quotes from you know Comedy Central skits. So yes, uh, that is and Tosh point oh. Uh, so yes, the exact same agents after us are the same ones, and I'm not saying that. 
Tamerlan Sarnev was a good guy, innocent guy. I don't, yeah. you know, I, I don't care. But what I'm saying is this is their this is their game. And when they yeah. raided in 2016, they did point guns. Oh yeah. And I know. and I think that uh Tamerlan wasn't a great guy, but I think that he was an FBI informant. I think the FBI, he was working with the FBI and they covered it up. And I, I really do believe that. We, we we saw this after that with that other kid in Sudbury that was like they were sending him materials to build drone bombs or some something. Like they were sending him like, you know, explosives or something. Like they basically he was mentally ill and they yeah, you're talking about the kid. You're talking about the kid in Topsfield. Daniel Morley is his name. No, this was after that. This was somebody. Oh, you're talking. I thought you were talking about the the bomber, the guy who actually. No, no, this is actually after that. This is somebody completely different. It was a kid in Sudbury who clearly had mental problems that they, you know, who was, I guess, uh, supportive of sort of Muslim type insurrection and was, you know, of Arab descent or something. And they they targeted and they were, you know, mailing things that he, you know, as as trusted allies mailing things to this person enabling them to do the crime so they could bust him when really there was no actual contact with hamas or any of these terrorists or it was all the fbi it's and all the fbi set it up and given some mental health treatment maybe this wouldn't have been a crime in the first place like this could have been like taken care of in a reasonable way when in fact they actually just made it into a crime to justify their own existence we got a good comment. This is the last comment. I guess I'm going to read from uh, the listeners. This is from uh, a medical professional, I believe, Marion McNabb. Uh, she runs the uh, Cannabis Center of Excellence. She writes, thank you both so much for your leadership in this talk. I learned so much and want to chat with you both as soon as possible to see if we can work together on harm reduction with cannabis interventions in mass as soon as possible. Thank you so much for your leadership. You know, as we always said, cannabis is an exit drug, not a gateway drug. I hope more people in the cannabis space, especially these uh, dispensary owners, they should be supporting uh, justice healing at justice healing and the National Council at the Council U.S. Yeah. And the Massachusetts Recreational Consumer Council. They should be supporting all three of those organizations. Yeah. Lauren, what do you go ahead? No, I think everyone should come together. Absolutely. What do you want to leave us with tonight? Um, Last thoughts, thoughts. 2020, the dumpster fire out now on Apple TV, iTunes and uh, Google Play and uh, YouTube. It will soon be on Amazon. It will soon be on Amazon. It's on YouTube. 2020, the dumpster fire. Uh, check it out. Leave a great review. Like and uh, rate it, please. It will keep us in the algorithm. We need more on Rotten Tomatoes. And Rotten Tomatoes reviews, um, you know, it's uh, it's actually something we've been working on this, you know, entire, I guess, two years now. Um, and it, I'm not trying to make light of everything we spoke about because uh, we really just want to make this movie a success and then get funding for an even better documentary about more serious topics. So this is our final uh, Help us get I there. Guess, I guess I was dishonest. There was another comment uh, from that I'm going to read. Melissa Maklowski writes, I'm going to watch it tonight. Enjoy. <laughs> so if you guys had a lot of good reviews, a lot, you have, have the, you've had, had a bunch of screenings and movie theaters that I know that yeah. went really well, right? Oh yeah. Except when the cops showed up, that was fun. What? Cops <laughs> showed up here. The BBD showed up to our premiere at the Arlington theater because, Oh no, there's an Antifa party here. Wait, wait, wait. You're in, you're in, you're in uh, a city that's not Boston. You're in yeah. Arlington mass. A different I don't know town. if he was a Boston cop or like a Fed. I can show and you a picture. Sh- 
It, but, so 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 cop undercover cops basically showed up. He wasn't that undercover. He had a clear wire and he was a bald he guy in khakis. Uniform. He wasn't in uniform, plain clothes. Um, so what happened was uh we showed up because we had like a, a photo shoot uh before the premiere and this uh big thing, and and so I guess um the Boston Police Department called the Arlington Theater that was showing the premiere saying that there was a some sort of threat because it was an Antifa movie and they had to be there. And I don't know whether they were implying to protect us or just to watch us. I do know two super happy, fun America people did show up that I thought had left that did end up watching it and left early, snuck in and out. They bought tickets, whatever. So um, wait, wait, wait. The fascists came in yeah. and bought two tickets. Why? Why would why why would they come in and pay They're just huge fans. I don't know. You know, are they and, fans and or do you think they... they were trying to intimidate you? Like, what is that? Well, about? I wasn't intimidated by them. I was more intimidated by the police, but yeah, um, but uh, I know, want to hear I about actually, the fascists. I offered, I offered the super happy people like a mat, like a free, like you know, dumpster fire mask. You want to take a photo with us? You're big fans, right? And they walked right out. And I'm like, Yeah, I knew who you were. Um, I think it's like the AOC thing, they got a little crush on Lauren. They got yeah, they, they like it's, Lauren. It's, it's, it's like these exactly these that. Republican dudes who keep challenging her to debates and stuff and yeah, like but like they, they 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 walk out with their tail between their legs, then sneak back in to watch the movie, um, which is fine. Actually, I wasn't that you know, all our friends know who they are. Like I wasn't worried about them. It was more the fact that I showed up and there's this bald guy in the corner wearing a clear wire on his phone that I don't know, and everybody else there I know, and then our producer or our sales agent's like, Yeah, I guess the police were called because of a threat. Do you want Unbelievable. We have, we have the Nazis review. Yeah, they actually Nazis gave us a review. Why don't you read that? We'll read this as a as a final closing chapter here. It's insane. It's really fun, actually. You know, uh, clearly so these 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 are the local fascist Nazis who just, are reviewing just, a movie. Sure Go ahead. See, you know, you know, keep it politically incorrect because it's so 2020 the dumpster fire. This is from a at Graphmaster. He made this account the next day to do this. I think I'm pretty sure I know who he is. I think he's the Assassin's Creed one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I call them by their outfits. Uh, <laughs> the movie opens with our hero conducting a fiery KKK-style attack against a mostly minority group holding a political meeting. It was at this point that I knew the film was going to be based and red-pilled, and I was not disappointed. The big the movie then brings us big fuck Joe Biden energy, exposing Biden while also taking a stand against Trump. It's an interesting strategy that is sure to be controversial. Well, wait, 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 wait. Strategy. I don't think there's any strategy in this, but go ahead. No, I mean, well, the strategy is we're calling out power. He's actually yeah. blown away by the fact. I know. Like, it, it, I, it just it just kills me. They think everything's about strategy. It's like, no. <laughs> How about reality? Go ahead. They don't have strategy. They don't know the no. meaning of the word. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. The, the, <laughs> the people who are the biggest nitwits of all are talking about yeah, strategy. Well, no. well, not examining politics. The film is a mental health study. Our aforementioned clan-esque hero spends most of the film struggling with his psychosis. The root cause, whether drugs or some other situation, is unknown and unfortunately unexplored in the film. We don't know why our hero is crazy. Our side characters are interesting, including an equally crazy mentor and a token Negro. The villains are compelling, but underexplored. Our hero speaks a lot about getting his ass kicked by various parties, and I wish we could see more of him getting beat up by the Proud Boys. The premiere itself was interesting, with the main characters seeming uncharacteristically flustered. All in all, out of 20, I give this one a solid 1488. Would recommend I eagerly await Dumpster Fire 2 Electric Boogaloo. I feel like I'm going to go to hell for hearing that. Like, that I know, right? 
It's like, like Hitler just review, reviewed your movie or and something. And then it's like, and then it's like, oh no, oh no. And you know what's funny is I was like, literally, I didn't know who these people were who bought tickets, and I was like offering them, like, you want to photo shoot like I, like just the same way I would like maybe there are fans I don't know I kind of vaguely had a weird vibe but I was trying to like honestly intimidate them with kindness and I believe they were intimidated with kindness I mean, really <laughs> they don't know what to do with it they don't they're like, they, I'm like oh, yeah. I asked their name what's your name and they looked at each other and they're like uh 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 John and uh uh Sean or whatever like they looked at I'm like oh well do you want a free dumpster fire mask you know come take some photos with us and they're just like they, oh, we gotta go <laughs> they thought that an Antifa was going to chase them out and they could have some kind of, uh, you know, video or something. Yeah, Instead, no. they got someone being really nice to them. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, and so does your audience understand the significance and the, the hatefulness of the number 1488? We don't need to get into that because we're yeah. closing the show. We do. <laughs> A lot of people do. That's why I call them Nazis. Nazi fucks. I, I so honestly, what, I honestly think that you know, uh, maybe some minds were blown that night. Uh, very small minds, but uh, small minds can be blown nonetheless. And uh, eighty-eight is always a reference to Hitler. That's all you need. To know. Yeah, you know, but uh, I think that you know we had a successful night despite the police presence and despite the uh, fash presence. Standing ovation. You know, we had a standing ovation. It was it was actually like uh, the best party. Like I, I I literally woke up the next day like we you know what I don't think I'm ever going to be this happy again. Like, <laughs> like awesome. I can take anything at this point. That was great. <laughs> Congratulations. So I want to thank you again, Lauren, for being on the show tonight. It's like old times tonight. I know. Except I'm talking too much, but okay. <laughs> no, you're not. You were perfect. You did really good today. I probably talked too much. Yeah. So thank you so much. I want to thank Chris Goldstein. I want to thank uh, Dawson. Julie, I want to thank Rod Weber, who's also been on the show tonight. He's the unbilled guest, I guess. <laughs> Lauren's, Lauren's going to – I think I think he might be in trouble with Lauren after the show. I mean, I'm getting those vibes. No, yes, he's, no, he, no. He's, he's, he's good. Been very good. He's been very good. All right, he's good. Why? All right. He's been, been painting. In. He's been finger painting in she, the basement. She told right. me to come sit in for her. It was very confusing when she got up. I got, yeah, listen, it was. I had to talk to no Sarah. Worries. It worked out. We got to go though, because it's okay. it's late. We've been on. We went on for two hours plus. So, and and you were sick. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's okay. It's not COVID. I don't think. I so, hope not. Yeah. No. It's 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 not. <laughs> I want to uh, thank everyone for listening. Uh, we got one more comment. I keep saying I'm not going to read any more comments, but I will. Someone said, yes, congratulations, guys. You guys announced that you're married now. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on your movie. Oh, there you go. You get to kiss. This is perfect. And I want to thank all of our listeners, supporters, people who are uh, sharing the, pod, uh, the show tonight and uh, giving us reviews, the Young Jerks, on our podcast, on iTunes and Spotify and all those other places. Thank you so much. If you haven't, please make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all those usual other places and iTunes. And if you want to uh, send some money, you can do that as well. Anchor.fm slash the young jerks, or you can go to our website, midnightmass.substack.com. I'm Mike Crawford. I want to thank again, Lauren Pespiza, especially. She did two hours thank with you. me tonight, two plus hours tonight. That's awesome. And I want to thank uh, Chris Goldstein and uh, Dawson. And I also want to thank Rod Weber for uh, being a seat filler tonight. Stop making it rain, Rod. <laughs> We're the Young Jerks. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Good night, Mike. Good night.